you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Once again, good morning to you. Take your Bibles back out and turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, that's where we're going to be starting from this morning. Luke chapter 18. Uh, we're going to, to pause for just a moment on our names of God and talk about prayer a little bit this morning. And I'll do that for a very specific purpose, and that is because Wednesday evening we will be joining together uh, for a, a time of prayer, uh, Lord willing, as long as uh, we have thawed out since then. But I believe by Wednesday night and after the rain that comes through Wednesday that that we should be able to be together Wednesday evening. That is my hope. If not, we'll push this time back one more week. But the plans right now is Wednesday evening after our um, abbreviated class time that we're going to have just a prayer devotional, a time of prayer together like we did a few weeks ago when we were praying for Shay uh, before she went um, to Texas. We had several people uh, talk about uh, and mention that they really wish we would do that more often. And so we've been talking about wanting to be a more prayerful church, and this seems like a very positive step in that direction that on uh, Wednesday nights once a month we're just going to have a time of prayer uh, where we just focus on some very specific things and 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 take some things uh, to God in prayer, not just as individuals, but as a church family as well. We're also going to uh, stream this through our, our live uh, our, our live stream as well so that those that are not able to be with us can still participate in that time as well. So I would encourage you, uh, as I did uh, last week and uh, into today, that if you have any particular prayer requests, things that you want us to be praying about with you, uh, please let us know those things. Send those to me in an email, a text message through Facebook, uh, in person, however you want to do that. If it is a prayer request that is of a more personal nature that you may not want us to pray publicly about, but would be comfortable uh, for uh, myself and our elders to pray about uh, in a very private way, please let us know those things too. We want to be with you and journey together as a church family uh, in, in prayer with one another. That's something that we need to do more of. We need to push forward as we're going to talk about today in that idea. And that, that leads us to to what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk from Luke chapter 18 and how to push through prayer, how to pray until something happens. And this story has already been read for us, so all I want us to do is just jump right into the into our, our, our lesson and, and, and work through some things together. So as we think about prayer, as we think about praying until something happens, uh, one of the first things that we see in this particular story that uh, was read for us just a few moments ago is that in our prayer life, we, we don't need to worry we need to pray. We don't need to worry. We need to pray. How many of you have a habit and a tendency of being a worrier? How many of you have worried about something in your life? That should be everybody, right? I mean, that is in our nature something that we do. We, we worry, even though throughout Scripture... Uh, we're told on several different occasions not to worry. Don't worry about things. Trust in, lean into God. And I really think that worry is, is one of those things that as Christians we have to develop a discipline with. We have to develop uh, a discipline to instead of worrying, instead of worrying, leaning into God. Leaning into God. And that's something that I believe as we mature, we are able to do in a greater way. I do believe that uh, it, it plays out in many people's lives. The more mature you become as a Christian, 
the easier it is to lean into God and let God have control of those things as opposed to worrying about things in your own life. I love the definition of the Greek word for give up. That word translates literally into being filled with bad thoughts. And I think that that's what worrying does to us. Worrying leads us to be filled with bad thoughts. One of the, another way that you can look at worrying is saying that worrying is negative meditation. It's when you look at something and you know that, okay, I'm, I'm worried about what's going to happen between point A and point B. But what worrying does is it creates, you know, point A, point one, point A, point two, A, point three. And you start to worry about all these things. You start to think and, and, and come up with scenarios that that could happen based on maybe past experience or just or just you know just happenstance and those things are very rarely in a positive way they they fill you with negative and bad thoughts worrying is something that we have to be careful with worrying has been described as faith in the negative trust in the unpleasant assurance of disaster and defeat in belief and so we have to make sure to not fill ourselves with these negative things. Now, as Paul is, is in prison in Rome, Paul is imprisoned in Rome, and, and he is uh, facing you know, a, a very difficult time in his life. He, he doesn't have the freedom that he once had. But one of the things that he does have is he has the ability to write and to encourage other Christians. And in Philippians chapter 4, he writes some words, and I want to read it to you from a little bit different translation. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. What if every time we began to worry, we use that? What, what if we conditioned ourselves to instead of worrying, every time we had that moment of worry, we conditioned ourselves to start praying? How much of a difference would that make? Instead of allowing those worries to fill us up in a negative way, we started praying about those things. Maybe that's something that you need to work on in your own life, something that we can all work on. He says, instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayer. There's that same idea. What do I pray about when I worry? Well, those things that you're worrying about, use those things. Allow that to be the words that you take to God and say, God, I'm feeling anxious about this and I'm worried about this and I'm concerned about this. I don't know if those things are going to happen, but I'm coming to you with those things. And he says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together will come and settle you down. Another way that that's said in Scripture is the peace that surpasses all understanding will be yours. In our story, in our story here today, we have a lady who was looking for justice. And she didn't worry about what was going to happen. Instead, she went to the person that could make a difference. And she went to them, and she went to them. She was facing a challenge. She had one of two options. She could sit at home, twiddle her thumbs, and be concerned and worry about those things, or she could go to the person, to the judge, that could make the difference. And that's exactly what she did. So let's make it something in our life that when we begin to worry, that that automatically triggers a moment of prayer. So don't worry, pray. Here's the next thing. Don't quit, pray 
persistently. Don't quit. Pray persistently. So our, our, our lady in our story, she didn't just go to the judge one time, did she? Every time she thought about it, it seems like, she went and she talked to the judge and said, hey, how, have, you, how, have you figured this out? Have you heard my request? If you haven't heard my request, I want you to hear it again. I, I truly believe that there is nothing more persistent in this world than a three-year-old child, than a three-year-old child. And this phrase right here, dad, 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 or mom, 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 mom. We hear that at our house all the time. And, and we've all, as, we, as we've raised kids, we've, we, we understand that idea of persistence, don't we? We understand that idea of a, of a child is going to, they are going to wear you down trying to get what they want. Even if, even if there's absolutely no way, they're still going to, they have got it on their mind that this is what they want. This is how they see it playing out, that if they bug you long enough, then they're going to get their way. And a lot of times it works, doesn't it? And a lot of times as a parent, you just go, okay, fine, look, I don't care. Just what? Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Go do it. We need to be that way in our prayer life. We need to be persistent. We need to have this attitude that until we get an answer, we're going to let God know what we need. And I'm not saying do that in a bad way or a negative way, but I'm saying that that's just something that prayer has to be about. It has to be a continual thing. In Psalms chapter 55, verses 16 and 17, you get kind of a snapshot into the life of David. And you see his heart a little bit when he writes, I call to God and the Lord saves me. So he's acknowledging that this prayer thing works. Then he says, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. David says that his prayer life is something that took up a large part of his day. Morning, evening, noon, he prayed to God all the time. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, pray without ceasing. I don't think he means to never stop praying, but I think he means we need to live a life of continual prayer. It needs to be something that we do often. A lot of times, a lot of times if we're not careful, our, our prayer life is tied to our bedtime. Any of you have, have that type of prayer life? Sometimes your prayer life is tied to your bedtime, towards you're laying your head down on your pillow, you begin to yourself or maybe out loud talk to God, and you're praying as you end the day and, and you're trying to end on a positive note. And you're like, and thank you, God, for the... Christ's name, amen. Make sure I get it in, right? Any of you guilty of praying that way? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm guilty of praying that way. But our prayer life needs to be more persistent than that. I love the story of Hannah from the Old Testament who wanted a child. And she prayed for years and years and years for a child. And she didn't get to the point and go, well, I guess God's not hearing me. He's not listening to me. I'm just going to just quit praying. No, she kept on praying. And she kept telling God, if you give me this child, I'm going to let him serve you. And he's, he's going to be a big part of, of, of your work and of your kingdom. And she finally is blessed after years and years of praying with a child by the name of Samuel. And Samuel becomes a great prophet in the story of the Old Testament. Sometimes those persistent prayers end in that positive way. You know, and sometimes persistent prayers, they don't always end up like we want to. I think about Jesus in the garden. He prayed and prayed and prayed, God, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass for me. If there's any other way to do this, God, let's come up with a different way. And he prays this prayer several times. 
And God says, hey, look, you know what we're trying to accomplish here. We've got to continue down this road. But he prayed persistently. And that's an important factor in our prayer life to make sure we pray that way. Here's the next thing. We don't need to doubt. We need to pray positively. We need to pray positively. In our story, in our story, this, uh, this widow represents us, okay? She represents us, and, and her, her request was that over and over, she goes to this judge, and she's asking these, have you, have you, are, you, are you listening? Are you hearing me? You know, we need a ruling here. We need, we, we need this to end up, and she's like, I need it to end up in a positive way for me. But she knew that he was a crooked guy. He, she knew that she, he was a crooked judge, but she always prayed in a positive way. And what I mean by that is she always expected an answer. We need to expect God to answer our prayers. Amen? We need to expect God to answer our prayers. If you doubt that God's going to answer your prayers, God has some, some words for you. He says in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he said, But when you ask, he's talking about um, asking uh, for wisdom in this particular passage, he says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that man should not think he will receive, that man should not think he's going to receive anything from God. What's he saying here? He says, if this guy is coming and praying for wisdom and he's going, hey God, would you please give me wisdom in this situation? But there's a part of him that doesn't believe. He doubts that God hears. He doubts that God's going to answer. He doubts that God's going to respond. Guess what he's not going to get from God? Wisdom. He's not going to get an answer. Why? Because his faith is not strong enough to truly believe that God hears him and that God wants to answer him. It's, it's almost a vain prayer. It's an empty prayer. It's a prayer just for the sake of praying. We can't be that way. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason the answers to your prayers have not happened in your life is because of your lack of faith? This is what he says here at the end of the story in verse 8. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? There's that question there. Are people going to have this type of faith that they're going to continually, in a positive way, expect God to answer their prayers? John writes this in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Confidence. What is that? That's not having any doubt at all. It's knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is hearing me. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We know that he's going to answer our prayers. So let's be sure that we pray in a positive way, that we pray in a way that lets God know, I believe that you hear me. I believe you're going to answer this prayer. I do not doubt. So those are the first three things. Okay, let's not worry. Let's not quit. And let's not doubt. Let's pray, pray, pray. Let's pray until something happens. Now, let's talk about that until something happens for just a moment. Let's talk about the answering of prayer situation here in our life. I want you to know that in your life that sometimes God may answer your prayers quickly. 
God may answer your prayers quickly. And that's a great thing. But sometimes we have to really pay attention to make sure we notice that God is answering our prayers. Sometimes we answer them and boom, there's the answer. We ask and there's the answer. But if we're not careful, we end up like this lady. This is a great preacher joke. I don't think it's a great preacher joke. It may not be if none of y'all laugh. Um, but she's driving through Walmart parking lot. It's pouring down rain. She, her prayer is this. Please, 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 Lord, let me find a good parking place near the front door. As soon as she said that, someone in the best spot in the parking lot pulls out, and she's able to pull in, and she goes, never mind, Lord, I found one myself. We have to pay attention because sometimes God can answer prayers that quickly in our life. And when he does bless us with quick answers, let's be mindful of those things and let's realize those things and let's give God the glory that is due in those moments. He may answer quickly, but God may also answer later. My next statement may be a little confusing, but I want to explain it to you because I think it's a powerful thought. God always answers prayers immediately, but sometimes it's later. Do you follow that? God always answers prayers immediately, but sometimes it's later. And, and I get this idea from the book of Daniel. As Daniel is praying to God, Gabriel comes and, and talks to Daniel about how Daniel's prayers had been heard and God had begun to put things into motion to answer the prayers at a later date. But there were some things that were kind of getting in the way of that in a spiritual nature from Satan and different things. But he says, I don't want you to quit praying because know that God is hearing your prayers and he's putting those answers in motion so that when you get to that moment later, that prayer is answered in front of you. That's some deep theological kind of stuff right there. If you're not careful, you can get tripped up in it. I'll tell you a story on a personal level on a personal level, that just happened to me just a few weeks ago. Many of you were here a few weeks ago when a couple of my cousins were here, Tammy and Tony. I got to baptize Tony uh, after services that particular morning. I never knew that Tony was not baptized. I, he went to church with his family, uh, raised his kids growing up, and um, I, I just I just assumed that that Tony was a Christian, And uh, but he called me uh, the Saturday night before when we talked for a while, and they came down, and, and as we're waiting for the baptistry to fill, up, he, he tells me this story about uh, our great, my great grandfather. Uh, we called him Daddy Dave. And Daddy Dave was a, an elder in the church at Savannah for years and years, just a great Christian rock in our family. And he said that uh, every Sunday that they would be in Savannah and would be visiting and at church, he said, well, always, I would always end up sitting in the pew in front of Daddy Dave. And he said, when the invitation was sung, we'd be standing up, and all of a sudden he said, I'd feel somebody you know, shoving on my shoulder. And Daddy Dave's trying to shove him out into the aisle because it was time, you know. And he said every Sunday after I wouldn't go forward, he'd look at me and he'd say, I still haven't quit praying. Well, Daddy Dave died in 1997. But you know, God heard his prayers and he answered his prayers immediately and began to put things in place in Tony's life so that later that prayer would be answered in the right time. And God does that with all of us, that we may not see God working, but we need to know that when God hears our prayers, he begins to answer those prayers immediately, but it might be later before we get to see those answers ourselves. 
Sometimes God may answer your prayers better. I think I've used this illustration before. Uh, It comes from uh, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth. Someone was asking her about prayer and unanswered prayers one time, and she said, if God answered every prayer of mine, I would have married the wrong man seven times. Think about that for a second. How many prayers in your life have you prayed, God answered this prayer, and once you get on the backside of the no or a different answer, you realize, hey, God knew a little bit more about that situation than I did, and I'm glad he answered it better or in his own way than, than the way that I thought it should have been answered. It might be interesting to just have a discussion one day about unanswered prayers or prayers that God answered differently and how your life might have turned out if he had answered your prayer the way you wanted it answered, but sometimes he's going to answer it better. And then understand that sometimes he's going to say no. Sometimes he's going to say no. That's not the answer that we want. That's not the answer that we're looking for. But that no can come for a, a number of reasons. It may be your life is not where it needs to be. It may be that, that you are just spiritually not ready for the answer to that prayer. That you need to grow some more. It may be that God has something better that he's going to do. And it may just be that it is just flat against God's will. That it is something that God knows if this is the answer, then it's not going to be a good thing. And it's not what God needs for the furtherance of his kingdom. But if the answer is no, I would challenge you to to try to figure out why. If it is because you need to grow spiritually, then figure out how you need to grow and make those steps. If it's because you just need to refocus a little bit, then refocus a little bit. I would challenge you to not ever just take no from God and just leave it there. Sometimes no comes from us for a specific reason, and it's because you need to grow a little bit and figure out what that growth needs to be. I want us to become this type of church, a church that prays until something happens, a church that that is challenged by our prayers, a church that challenges God with our prayers just to see how great his blessings can be. And when he showers those blessings on us and answers those prayers, that we are a church that gives him honor and gives him the glory for those things and then gets back to praying and continuing to move forward. I was told by Nathan a couple of months ago that I have a phrase in my sermons that I use just about every week. And maybe you've caught on to it, maybe you haven't, but it's the phrase, let's keep going. And I use that because sometimes I get too wound up on a certain spot and it's my trigger to say, okay, Matthew, it's time to move on to something else. Let's keep going so that we're not here for three hours. Because I believe if I had to, I could do that some Sunday mornings. But our prayer life is there so that we can keep going. So that we can keep moving forward. So that we can keep positive things in front of us. And keep a positive perspective. And I want us to be a church that keeps going and moving forward. And having these positive experiences together. And I know that we can, I know that we can have that in a powerful way. So allow yourself, allow yourself over the next few days to be preparing yourself for Wednesday evening, for a time of prayer, for a time of of going to God's throne room and and talking to him as a church family. Uh, I want that time to be powerful for us, and I know it can be, and I know it will be. Let's, Let's close with a prayer, and then the lesson will be yours. God, we're just grateful to be in this room with each other today. We're grateful for those that are online with us.
and are plugged into us. Um, that way today, God, I know that together we're united in the Spirit, and that's the most important thing this morning, God, is our unity in your Spirit. We thank you for the time of worship. We thank you for these men that have led us in such a powerful and wonderful way, God. Uh, we're so grateful for their willingness, even when it may not be uh, their greatest talent or their greatest desire. They put you first, and they step up, and they serve, and we're grateful for their hearts, God. God, I, I thank you for today's story. I thank you for a church that's willing to, to push forward in prayer. I thank you... Uh, for um, the prayers, the, the many prayers that you have answered for every one of us. And help us to use those prayers to grow our faith, God, to help us stretch, to help us grow. I just, I just ask that amazing things happen with this church family because of our willingness to trust in you and talk in you and be challenged, talk to you and be challenged by you, God. I pray for our church family uh, over the next few days as we face challenging weather situations, God. Uh, uh, just help us to remain safe. Take care of us, God. Um, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for his example. Thank you for the love and mercy that flows from the cross. May we never lose sight of that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.